Yo, yo, what's up, Ninja Turtle fans? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zach Norris, and today I am joined by two really, really, truly, dearly friends of the show. We are going to dive into mutant mayhem discussion. You guys heard last episode, I had John Bernardo on for an impromptu recording to discuss the Mutant Mayhem teaser trailer as just like an emergency podcast. Wanted to talk about that real quick and get our initial reactions out. But the two guys I have with me today, we're doing a deep dive. You have heard these guys on the show before. They are my good time, long time friends, good friends, and occasionally my good time friends, uh, Drew and John. Drew and John, what's up, fellas? What's up, Zach? What's up, John? Hey, guys. Good to be here again. Thank you guys for joining me. It is good to be in a chat with y'all and good to have you here. I appreciate you taking the time out. I appreciate your families letting you take the time out. I know we're all, we're all family men nowadays. I kicked them out. I told them to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> that show that you did with the other John, that was really good, too. I like that, especially being I appreciate impromptu. it, man. Yeah, I um I threw something up on Twitter that was like, you know, like a lot of people, I was really excited about the trailer and so posted something on Twitter that was just like, man, emergency podcast coming soon, like expect to hear me talking about this and uh had a couple guys hit me up that were like, "Hey, if you need a if you need another voice um, you know, to jump on the show with, let me know." And so I emailed both of those guys the same thing for that we did for y'all to get you in here. Um, but one dude uh, Mike from Ninja Turtle Power Hour, he was at work and trying to do it on his phone. And I guess these podcast uh, kind of chat services don't work on mobile. Uh, they only oh, work okay. on like, laptops and computers and stuff. So uh, so Mike wasn't able to join us, unfortunately. Uh, but John and I got in there and, and did a quick, quick little chat. So thanks for listening to that, Drew. And thanks to uh, everybody else who listened to it. Uh, but that, like I said, was was pretty impromptu, was was thrown together last minute. John and Drew and I, this time around, going to do a little bit of a deeper dive. We're going to talk about the trailer. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about casting choices. We're going to talk about the figures that we've seen, officially and unofficially. And we're going to just talk about kind of our, our hopes overall for the movie and and all the things to go along with it. So... Hope you guys are ready for a little bit of a longer discussion regarding mutant mayhem. Um, and so with so that... So with that said, should I watch the trailer then? Is that like a prerequisite? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is where it's appropriate for me to have like a sound pad queued up for like a, a, like a zing, you know, some kind of like laugh, <laughs> uh, like a, a pump in some laugh uh, audio for us. Absolutely. But with that being said, actually, what did you guys think of the trailer the first time you saw it? Drew, Drew, start us off. Let us know. Well, um, going into it, you know, always excited when there's new Turtles content, especially a movie. But I had major reservations. I really had no idea what to expect, so I was keeping my expectations low. But man, just right from the start, I love the style, first of all. Um, I don't watch a whole bunch of different stuff, so I wasn't familiar with the Spider-Verse style. So it was the first time for me to see anything that's like that at all. So the style brought me in, and there's a, uh, 
Oh, there's a shot at the very beginning. It's just a lady walking her dog on the streets of New York City with a taxi driving by. And just, I don't know what it was, but I love that shot. And I immediately wanted to be there in that cartoon. And so after that, it was just, it was smooth as butter. Loved it. Yeah, I love that shot too. John, what were you thinking first first time through? And I know you have a little bit of a different experience with this since you uh, you work for Nickelodeon. For anybody that doesn't know, John is uh, employed by the man. And by by the man, I mean the slimy orange couch man. Yeah, the California uh, Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm with uh, you, Drew. That for that, it's like one of the first shots that just kind of sets the scene, and it's got the New York vibes just pouring out in that cool style. It just looks so great. Yeah, and um, I don't think there's any more exciting time to be a Turtles fan than when a new trailer drops for something like you've never seen before. And we we saw some leaked photos of what the turtles might look like and the toys, but seeing all that in motion and it all come together in that trailer, I just, I love seeing it. And yeah, being a Nickelodeon, I did have the privilege of seeing a cut of that a long time ago. But when I saw it, it was a lot of animatics and rough renders. So I never really had a full idea of what the animation looked like. So I had the corporate side of it where I got to peek at it, but I can still put on my fan hat and I got to see that when it came live and was just equally as excited as you guys were. So good. That's awesome, man. That's, that's something that I always, uh, that, that John and I have talked about a couple of times and that I've, I've worried about at times were like being on the other side of the, of the coin, if you will, like having a little bit of the joy stolen from you because you see it from, from a professional standpoint and not just a fan standpoint sometimes. So I'm glad, glad there's enough of a buffer there for you to still really sink your teeth in as a fan. Yeah. Luckily I'm still pretty low on the totem pole. So uh, (laughs) they don't share all the big secrets with me, but I do get a little peek at the goodness here and there along the way. Yeah. 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 So like you guys, uh, Drew, you kind of hit the nail on the head for me. I think after 2012 and after rise, I felt like we'd got two pretty distinct versions of Turtles there. And so with this Seth Rogen announcement, I I don't want to say I had low expectations, but I I kind of had maybe mixed expectations uh, or maybe didn't didn't have much expectations at all, was just trying to like roll with the punches. And then when those leaked images uh, of like that potato chip bag uh, came out, <laughs> I was like... I, I think the three of us discussed it and we were like, they they don't look bad, they don't look great, but just really got to see them in motion. Like got to see them, got to hear them, got to get the vibe. And this this trailer totally totally set me up for success. Like I am, I am so incredibly hyped for this movie. I can't stop watching the trailer. Uh, Ronan is obsessed with the trailer. Um, we will we'll dive into all the little ins and outs, but I was definitely had, like I said, kind of didn't know really where my expectations were, if I even had any. And from the moment, the like you guys said, that, that first shot with the New York City uh, skyline, and you can tell right away, like, the, the art style and the creative direction just kind of has its own thing going on. And then that shot of the city street, like you mentioned, Drew, just so beautiful. 
And then freaking Can I Kick It by A Tribe Called Quest comes on. And I was like, oh, they got me. I don't care what happens from here. Like, <laughs> perfect song for like a Ninja Turtles trailer. But um, so to, to really dive into the trailer, this is where we can like really start getting into the nitty gritty. And Drew, you mentioned something that, that everybody's been talking about, we've been talking about. And I saw some stuff that kind of clarified some things uh, about this, you know, quote unquote, Spider-Verse inspiration. And I think because Spider-Verse is so big and it was so good and it made such a mark uh, on, on like comic book movies, but also on just like animated movies, that obviously when people watch this Turtles trailer, it's the first thing that comes to mind because it is the same kind of technique that Spider-Verse used where it's, it's 3D, you know, CGI animation that then has 2D animation over top of it. So they're creating, um, you know, CGI images as like a base layer and then drawing a bunch of stuff on top of it in a more traditional sense. And I think people, people are throwing around Spider-Verse uh, inspiration or, or style a little loosely. Like, to me, they're completely different styles. They just use the same technique, um, if that makes sense. And I saw the director, Jeff Rowe, who I, I don't know from anything. Somebody uh, asked him, and he kind of clarified, and I guess he directed a movie called Mitchell and Mitchell versus the Machines or something like that. That's a great movie if you haven't seen it. It does have some Spider-Verse vibes to it, but Okay. It's a good good kids movie too, but like one that's really good for adults as well. Sweet. I've I've heard nothing but good things about it and and through this learned that that guy Jeff Rowe directed that Mitchell and the uh, Mitchell versus the Machines. And that's so cool. I didn't know that either. Respect just went up a notch for the guy. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. I I do want to watch that movie now. But I, I looked up some images for Mitchell vs. the Machines, and I can definitely see like a little bit of little bit of Spider Verse vibes, a little bit of you know mutant mayhem vibes. Uh, but again, but like maybe the technique is there, but the style is totally different. And uh, I saw Jeff Rowe get asked about that, and he was like, actually, like it's I guess there are people on the animation team. And like in the in some kind of role in the crew for Mutant Mayhem that did work on Spider Verse, uh, but this dude Jeff Rowe said it's like eight people. He said there's way more of the uh, crew actually worked on Mitchell versus the Machines, so there's probably a lot more kind of stylistic overlap there than there is Spider Verse. But again, I think it's to me it's not so much of the style it's more just the technique they're using uh that that makes it kind of have that um that look um because i don't know about you guys but now that i've watched the trailer so many times and i actually went through last night and was pausing stuff uh to kind of get like these you know still frame you know kind of soak it all in right and i don't know if you guys noticed this but there's just these really really great little details that make it look hand drawn or hand painted where like instead of instead of like like a background shot instead of like a building having like these real ornate like fully fleshed out like designs around like a window or around the rooftop it literally just looks like somebody scribbled something on there like drew some little like loop-de-loops and scribbles and and then boom now this this 
background building has has this like hand drawn detail to it or like neon lights will have these like little squiggles that kind of cut in and out to make them look like they're buzzing or glowing yeah it's even on the turtles masks too i didn't notice that until i screenshot some of the images from the trailer to put my own personal instagram just because i thought they were so beautiful and yeah yeah, then i was like oh cool it's even on their bandanas yeah dude totally like it looks like in instead of having like a a piece of their eyebrow like shift or whatever to show a face it's like these little scribbles will you know be their eyebrows or whatever it's so well executed too like because just the sound of that didn't sound that appealing to me personally but seeing it put into action it looks beautiful yeah, man, I'm telling you, like, when when we get done with this, go through and watch the trailer and just, like, randomly, like, you know, pause it and look at the background. Like, the amount of, like, like, not necessarily cross-hatching, but, like, the amount of just looking, like, stuff in the background that looks like it was just scribbled in for shading um, or scribbled in for, like, to get, like, a brick texture on something. It literally just looks like, like a like a sketchbook but like a more like a fleshed out sketchbook, right? Um, there's there's like imperfect outlines on characters and buildings, and there's even like cool shots where like they'll do like a transition or like a character's moving really fast, and instead of like having uh, like a blur or like speed lines, it just looks like scribbles, like like uh, like color pencil scribbles or something as somebody's moving fast, and so it it literally looks like something somebody drew and it came to life. Right. And I think that really, uh, like emphasizes like, Hey, these are, these are comic book characters. These are cartoon characters. And now we're, we're using this style of animation or this, this animation technique to, uh, to reinforce that or to reflect that in the the same way that Spider-Verse used like halftone dots and like a, a weird depth of field thing, depth of field, um, and and panels popping up on the screen to make that look comic booky and feel comic booky. This is doing something different with the art style to make it look like that. I also feel like the 2007 Turtles movie and the 2012 series, as much as I love both of those for what they brought to the franchise, I feel like their versions of New York and just the setting were really quiet. Like a lot of the time, mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of people or just elements that made it feel really alive so i love this approach of just bringing that to the table and making everything feel alive with just the art not even necessarily characters or anything yeah that's a a really good point man because even the original series kind of suffered from that yeah that's i mean one of my one of the only things I really don't like about 2012 is you get you get so many scenes of the turtles out on the streets, like fighting the Foot Clan or whatever, and there's just nobody around. Yeah, it's very n- not like any city. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but but yeah, to to both of those points, like just just rewatching the trailer and and it opens up with that sc- that shot of the New York City skyline, and if you look, dude, like you can see lights on top of buildings like blinking on and off. You can see uh, lights on lights on the bridges kind of glowing. It's so, so beautiful. I cannot wait to see this on, on a giant screen. Like I want to see it on the biggest screen possible. And I'm, I'm probably going to see it more than once. Um, like that kind of goes without saying, but, uh, but yeah, so 
um, with without beating beating the art thing, uh, you know, beating a dead horse. I I just think it's a really really interesting movie, and as and as much as it emphasizes the uh, the comic book roots of these characters, I also think the style adds like a kind of youthful playfulness, which really uh, like. Uh, drives home the idea that like the turtles are teenagers and that they're young teenagers and you know the first shot we see of them is you know playing live action fruit ninja on the roof and <laughs> and the the art style goes hand in hand with like the the way they're behaving and the way they're talking um, and so how did you guys feel how'd you guys feel about the turtles themselves um We'll we'll dig into their voices here in a little bit, but like the what we see them do in the trailer, you know, playing playing Fruit Ninja and Donnie getting stabbed in the leg, and you know them talking to April. Like, how do you feel about them as characters so far? I love them. Um, something I I was kind of torn a little bit on them because all I had really seen was the toys that had leaked, and like you said, you know, the art on the chips, um, even the art like on the toy packaging. And that art, I don't feel like really does them justice because when you see them actually in the trailer, to me, they look so much better. Not that that yeah. art is bad. It's just it doesn't translate how good they look in the trailer. So, yeah, just just seeing them move and voices aside, since we're not touching on that just yet, but just seeing them move and interact, I loved it. I mean... I don't, I don't think I realized how much I could like this style, you know? Um, That's awesome. I, I mean, I like Spider-Man. Uh, I've never seen Mitchell and the Machines. I actually have never seen that Spider-Man show either. But, like, Turtles is, you know, one of my jams. So I, I don't think if you just asked me, like, hey, if we converted a turtle show into this general style, would you like it? I probably would have said, nah, that wouldn't really be for me. But, like, here it is, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Drew. I feel like they did a really good job of kind of just dialing it back a little after the last couple movies we got and Rise of the TMNT. I mean, both are fun or not fun, depending on how you look at it. But <laughs> they, it's just nice that they kind of went back to the original style of when turtles blew up and became a phenomenon but managed to not do the same thing and just bring something new to the table because it does feel really refreshing and i'm with you drew i was kind of when this was announced as an animated movie was a little bummed i I prefer the live action stuff i feel like it seems more cinematic and grand and wasn't i mean i would see it either way but i was looking forward to something more live action so when this trailer dropped and just got to see how gorgeous it was and what the turtles looked like in motion. I think that really helped. And maybe that was some sort of tactic. Like they Paramount wasn't releasing any of these images of the characters. And then they just dropped the trailer so we could see them in motion and know that they were cool. But I'm, I agree too that like youthfulness is there, but there's something there for the original fans. So it just feels good. It feels right. Um, I think that is a, a a cool bit of maybe not detailing there, but like vibe wise, this does feel it feels like OG turtles, like it it feels a little bit like eighty seven turtles, but I also kind of get like it it kind of feels like an overall mix of turtles, 
Yeah, brand new thing. Yeah, like in the best way, like it, it feels fresh, it feels unique, but it also feels like it, it kind of touches on all these things. Like somebody pointed out, and and I don't know if this is in any way hitting the nail on the head, but somebody on socials pointed out, like if you look at the four turtles, like Raph kind of looks like um, a little... Uh, like he looks a little inspired by like this version of turtles and Donnie kind of looks like he's inspired by this version. Like to me, like Leo, uh, the mutant mayhem, Leo looks the most like a 1990 movie turtle. Yeah. I thought the same thing. And then Donnie kind of has like rise vibes. And I, I think it's just because like, he's a little bit lankier and he's got his little fanny pack with his stuff and he's got, you know, his glasses. Um, it's it's kind of like it's a it's a toned down like more like kind of balanced version of of Rise Donnie uh and then Raph almost like there's like a little bit of next mutation there with like the full head cover and he's kind of like chunkier like his proportions are more square you know um but then that's that's also kind of a Rise thing too is like that that Rise was big and square and and you know husky and then Michelangelo just kind of feels like maybe he's the most uh, kind of nondescript uh, turtle so far. Like, I can't really, like, pin down a version of turtles that Mikey looks like he would have come from. But I, I can see little bits of, of like, everything turtles history in the four turtles. But But just almost every bit of the trailer that they showed us with the turtles interacting, like when Mikey's got his arm around Donnie and they're looking at the video on his phone, like that felt so like, like, man, they are, they're actually brothers. Like they're actually enjoying being young and being brothers and goofing around on this roof. And, and Leo kind of like sitting in the background, like worried that like they're breaking the rules or that they're going to get caught or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can really feel that love in that shot. It's it's really cool to see that. And I love the bit where they, you know, once the once the ninja star goes off the roof, and Raph's like, "Uh, so do you guys want to like get a pizza?" Or, and when he says that, it's so funny. Like, each of the three turtles has their own reaction to what he's saying. So like. He says pizza, and Donnie's just kind of like, uh, maybe we should, and Leo's like, like, no, hold up, we, we need to figure this out, and it's, but as soon as he says pizza, Mikey cracks a smile, like, Mikey's ready for pizza. Of course. Uh, and, and I thought that was so cool, like, it's, it's just the little things like that, that, again, make, make each turtle distinct, and, and make each version of turtles distinct, and so, I, I love that stuff with them on the roof, Donnie getting stabbed in the leg is hilarious. Like, I really think they're going to, like, kind of show us. Again, I think the probably the point of this is to show us a younger version of Turtles who are coming into their own, right? And that's why Leo kind of, he doesn't look incapable in the trailer, but he looks like he's figuring it out as he goes, you know? Donnie gets stabbed in the leg, and Leo's like, uh Oh God, like, can't, can't look at that. Like, this is too much for me. And Mikey with his, with his freaking braces and everything is like, uh, is Donnie bleeding? Like what's wrong? Um, I think that's the one thing with, I, I, like you, I was a little hesitant about Seth Rogen being such a huge part of this. And I was a fan of his work 
but 10 years ago, nothing really now that's going on. I don't, I don't even know like what he's been in in the last few years. Right. But I have to say, the jokes in the trailer are genuinely funny. They really landed, and I just, I laughed at all of them. I thought they were good, especially that the sigh and the leg bit is super yeah. funny. And I just feel like of all the years and all the versions of Turtles that we've had, to get an original joke like that that's never been made, that's that funny, seems really good. So I think that improv... Yeah skill and talent that he has i'm hoping like that kind of translates more into the entire film like i hope they just didn't take the best jokes and put them in the trailer but if that's an indication of the comedy i feel like that might have been what was missing in the last couple turtles versions that we had not that it was bad but i don't think it was as sharp as what we got in that trailer for sure it definitely definitely feels like there's there's people behind the scenes who are like natural comedians and like not not relying on the humorous uh not relying on the humorous stuff that's kind of inherent to turtles like oh they're turtles and they're ninjas and they like pizza like how do we make that funny like they just made these guys funny like these jokes could have been in any movie you know what i mean like maybe outside of the the ooze thing at the end but like somebody getting stabbed in the leg and everybody freaking out about it could have been it could have been us three in a movie and I get stabbed in the leg and we're all freaking out about it. You know what it's I mean? It's such a thing that when you are a teenager, when your friends get hurt, you, you were always laughing. Like it's funny when somebody gets hurt. So it's such a good, just timeless joke. <laughs> yeah. I also, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but it, I kind of got uh, Ace Ventura vibes from that scene. Like when he, when he points down at it, when he's like, it's still in my leg. Yes. It, it reminds too. me of that Ace Ventura scene when he's got the, the arrows in his legs and he's like yep. pointing back and forth at the arrows. Oh my gosh, it I definitely felt that, inspired by that. But no, exactly what you guys said though. It, it feels natural. Like it's humor, but it feels natural with the characters. And that is something we've been missing. Um, sometimes the last couple of cartoons feels like the humor is kind of, forced almost yeah uh, at the expense of what you think the characters would do but this this just flowed perfectly and again i had the same reservations as you guys like seth rogan okay but like with turtles like to me that's a no but from everything i've seen i'm totally wrong about that so hey i like being proven wrong yeah I'm more than happy to do a 180 and reverse my entire opinion, especially for the turtles. If it's all for good things, that's a win. Totally. Um, so what do you guys, I think that they, uh, and I've seen other people say this online. We saw a little clip in there of like the baby turtles doing some training and what looks to be a young splinter, uh, with kind of this like, kind of jerry curl perm slash haircut like the haircut looks like it might be young kevin eastman inspired Um, (laughs) you know and we we know from the from the leaked images of the other toys that that's not what splinter is going to end up looking like um so are you guys hoping we see like a bunch of flashbacks of of you know baby turtles and them growing up or are you just thinking that's like a like a one-time thing, like we'll, maybe like a training montage or something. I mean, personally, I'm hoping we don't get a ton of that. I like a little snippet. I think everybody loves baby turtles, but 
we know this origin story and I know that there's going to be a new generation of fans, but I think it's kind of like Batman. We just all, we all know about the turtles at this point and the kids that see it, I feel like they could figure it out. So I hope it's kind of quick. I, I would love to just see more of this fresh stuff that we're talking about in the movie rather than like a bogged down origin story. That's a good point. It's a good point. Same with me. Like, I mean, if you're going to be watching this movie, you probably have a good idea who the turtles are. And even if you're not, I mean, just suspend your disbelief and enjoy it for what it is. Um, but again, baby turtles are always fun. I don't mind flashbacks. I don't mind some backstory. And I mean, it helps playmates sell baby turtles toys. So you got to have the baby yeah. turtles. But yeah, no, I don't feel like it'll be a big part. But I mean, I don't really have much to go off of. So it's just a right. just a gut feeling. Yeah, it was. I think after the second or third time I watched a trailer, I was like, "Oh, there's no plot here at all. There's nothing about the plot." <laughs> so zero. We plot we have. I guess there'll be another trailer, or if it's just mysterious until the movie drops. Also cool with that. I I definitely expect there to be another trailer because I I didn't catch this until probably my second or third rewatch but there's they're calling this a teaser trailer. Yeah. So I'm expecting there to be a, you know, a quote unquote like full theatrical trailer or whatever. But no, I did really like that for a teaser trailer nowadays in 2023 that they actually like it actually feels like a tease. Like we didn't get a ton of story details, we didn't get a ton of character details like you just get some funny bits, a little bit of action. Hey, here's this thing. Do you guys we we can we can begin to move on from this point, but I want to know like do you guys have a favorite part from the trailer? Mine is definitely definitely the ooze scene at the end, which if you if you pay attention, it's actually two scenes cut together. Um or it or it appears to be two scenes cut together because when April's talking they like sit down on a roof and she asks about the mystery goo. And then when it cuts to them and they, they start doing the ooze thing, they're all standing up. But when April asks them about the mystery goo, they're all sitting down and it looks like the location is different. So it looks like the ooze joke might, uh, might be from a different scene, but like I absolutely, that's, that's gotta be probably my favorite moment from the trailer. Just like, Raph being like, uh, actually, we prefer to call it ooze, and then everybody starts chipping in with their own little like, <laughs> like Leo does Ooh. the thing with his fingers, Ooh. and Mikey <laughs> does the thing with his hands, and I probably my favorite part is like, Raph looks over at Donnie, and he's like ooze, but it's like ooze. with this kind of like, like, kind of confident, like kind of swaggery nod, like you know what I'm saying, Donnie ooze, and Donnie's looking back at him like yeah ooze, and it's. <laughs> Like again, man, it just it feels like they're like they feel like brothers. They feel like young dudes. Like it just such like a sweet little uh little silly moment. Do you guys have a, a favorite shot or a favorite part from the trailer? For me it's a hundred percent the sigh, which I know we already touched on this, but it's the sigh going into Donnie's leg and just the reactions. Um I couldn't believe like that actually happened, especially like in a cartoon. <laughs> Aim for kids. I, I I was just loving it, loving every second of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely you guys named both of the best moments. I, that sigh moment in the leg though is so so funny. I actually saw that there was 
a cut somewhere too that was like a kid's version that didn't show it in the leg and then the ones <laughs> that were on the other places like youtube and the socials were show it and i just think that's so funny like you said drew that <laughs> that, that the same joke still is funny whether you see it or not but those are good. I also just like, and you had mentioned it earlier, Zach, but that shot of like Mikey and Donnie with their arms around each other and they're looking at the phone. It just like really brings me back to the Kodak moment, 1990 movie oh, moment. Yeah, and it just dude. seems like not that at all, but just gave me vibes of seeing that as a kid, the original moment and just how cool it was and how like you could feel the love and the jokes. And it just brought me back to that. And I feel like, Again, this is no knock on the other Turtles versions that we've all loved over the years, but it just felt cool. It felt like something we hadn't seen in a while, just a real sentimental, brotherly love side of the Turtles. Yeah. And that's not yeah, happening. Man, like, I feel like that has happened in some of the other Turtles movies, but it's also like in a dark moment, like a character might die or is in peril, whereas this is just them just hanging out like that. Yep. And dude, I've, I've harped on this, you know, time and time again on the podcast or in real life, you know, talking to you guys, like, I think some of the stuff that makes the 1990 movie so strong is those little, like the Kodak moment or like, you know, um, Donnie and Mikey sitting in the sewer and, you know, pizza dude's got 30 seconds or. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's actually what Absolutely. I meant. I said the Kodak moment. I meant the pizza um, dude. 30 seconds but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you like them me. them sitting uh sitting there watching that rabbit in the hair cartoon you know and he's like <laughs> do something for crying out loud like like Need that's to kick the damn rabbit. that's the stuff yeah exactly like that's the stuff that that makes all the other parts of that movie feel so earned it, like everything about them being brothers and them being family feels earned and you feel the weight of it because you see them being brothers because you see them being family like those quiet moments are just as important as the yes, action dude. moments yes a thousand percent a thousand percent and so it seems like we're off to a good start here we're like you know the the rooftop moments and um the ooze moment like stuff like that that you know that emphasizes again the little moments that you know, little moments stack up, man, and they add up. And that's what makes, you know, for big payoffs, like little moments build on each other. And then, you you know, you get big stakes and stuff feels important. So I I love that we're seeing that already in, in, a, in a minute and 30 second long trailer. It's crazy how much of that trailer, too, is jokes and small moments or quiet moments. And yeah. the action is pretty light. And to have such a response, like it seems like most fans are super pumped about it. And it's just funny to get that with something that has not a whole lot of action, which is primarily what the turtles are known for now. Yeah, man. And I think too, like to, to follow along that, uh, that plane or that line of thought there, excuse me. Um, the only action we do see is like a, a car, like doing donuts around Mikey and Donnie and then there's another scene of like a car crashing like in front of some police cars and then like a big truck being picked up or something like that. Like it looks like looks like somebody's picking up like an armored vehicle or something. Uh, and then we, we see Raph like grabbing some dude by his shirt like he's about to body slam him, but we don't see a body slam. Like there's these little hints of action and there's these little hints of, 
you know, Ninja Turtle stuff, but we don't fully see any of it. And the one line that I think kind of sneaks under the radar for a lot of people is when that when that truck is being lifted up, you can hear Leo's voice. And he says, you know, we've been training our whole lives for this moment. And it that line right there kind of makes me think like, you know, in the midst of all this uh, like levity that you get from most of the trailer, like the trailer is 99%, you know, cute stuff and jokes, right? But you get that line from Leo and it feels like, oh, okay, we're going to, like there's there's going to be some stakes here. There's going to be some serious stuff too. Like there's also going to be something that is sincere and maybe not, maybe mature is not the right word, but there's going to be something that these guys are, are really, you know, have an uphill battle against and they're really going to be tested. So it was, it was cool to have that one line in there that kind of feels different from most of the trailer. Yeah, I like that. I like anything that raises the stakes. And I think you've nailed it. I mean, if you can get the brotherhood of them and like the soul of the turtles, which I think we've kind of seen that and it looks awesome. The action part's easy and, you know, compared to just really giving us the turtles that we want to see. So I have all the faith in the world they can give us good action. That's a great point. Yeah, Drew. I, yeah man, 100, 100%. It's, you know, kind of, especially nowadays, like we've all seen thousands and thousands of action movies and we've read, you know, a bunch of comics and TV shows and this, that, and the other. And like you... Like, anybody can do action. Um, there's obviously levels to that as well. Like, there's some great action stuff, and then there's some subpar action stuff, but, like, action is action, right? It's For sure. It's what makes the action feel important or what makes the action feel uh, intense or, uh, or, like John said, like, what gives the action the stakes. And to me, it's like I said a few moments ago, it's, like, it's the little moments that build up to those big, you know, explosions and... um and again, I, I, I think they're on the right track. Again, we've only we've only seen roughly a minute and thirty seconds of this thing. Um, so there's there's plenty of time for, for this to go south or this to go wrong, but I'd say right now we're we're on the right track. Um, well, and I know for, I can only speak for me, but like for the turtles, I need them to either look good or have like a good story. Where I get disappointed is where I don't think they look good and the story's horrible. So yeah. I love how this looks. So I can be lenient on the story. Maybe I won't care for the story. Some of the characters, that's okay. Like I've got something already I can really look forward to. So that makes it super exciting for me. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, want to segue a little bit guys from what we were seeing to what we were hearing. Um, we'll still hold off on the cast cause that's going to be like a little bit of a, a deeper, a deeper discussion because there's a lot of cast to talk about, but the music, um, anybody who listened to my impromptu episode with John knows, uh, how much I loved the music choice, uh, for the trailer. And so I wanted to reiterate that here, but also I like a big dumb dummy didn't realize until somebody said it on social media that the, the, the like kind of slow, mellow, um, you know, piano piece that's playing in the beginning, beginning of the trailer is the OG Ninja Turtles theme song just being played, you know, in a more mellow way on a piano. And it, it blew my mind. I was like, Oh, that is the, 
the original theme song. It's like dun 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 dun, but it's it's slower and a little more you know a little more beautiful. I'm probably the only but, uh, person, but Jurassic Park did that same thing with like one of the Jurassic World movies recently, where they played okay the main theme on piano. So I was just kind of like, oh man, they're just doing the same thing, trying to. I mean, it works because you hear it and you love it. But I'm just like, man, they're just trying to rope us old folk in, trying to get us excited <laughs> for this new turtles. Right. Well, it's funny you say that because the the first bit of music we hear is the original theme song from the 87 cartoon. And then the next bit of music we hear is Can I Kick It by A Tribe Called Quest, which is a rap song from the 90s. So like they they really were going for for our age demographic with the musical choices, I feel like. Um, and, and just to, to reiterate, you know, what I talked about with, with John Bernardo, like I, not a, not a huge Tribe Called Quest fan, but I really, really like Tribe. Um, they're, they're definitely one of my, you know, favorite rap groups. Um, but not like, I don't listen to them every day or every week. Like that's more like Outkast, Beastie Boys, you know, Three Six Mafia is kind of more that, that tier for me, but um, definitely, definitely got a lot of love for Tribe, but they they work so well here because they're a New York rap group. They're a New York rap group from the '90s. They were kind of known for for being a little more abstract, a little more trippy, um, a little more like soulful and jazzy inspired instead of like the kind of bombastic, like big, like beat you over the head, you know, New York stuff from the time. And uh, like they're a super important rap group to like the history of rap. But it just made a lot of sense to have a New York rap group playing in a trailer about a group of dudes from New York. It's and so fresh too. Like, what other trailer is gonna have that song in it now? Like for like the new Scream movie, like a new Marvel movie, nothing's <laughs> gonna have that. So right. it's just really cool and distinct to what the Turtles are. It's cool. Yeah, and I love that they chose because there's a bunch of fire tribe songs they could have used. But can I kick it? It's like it's on the nose for the turtles, right? Like tribe called quest is not talking about martial arts, but the song is called, can I kick it? What do the Ninja turtles do? They kick stuff like literally in the trailer, the, the line, can I kick it plays and Raph kicks a door open. And so I just, I absolutely love that music choice and, and loved it even more because Ronan has been listening to, can I kick it? And so he'll occasionally like, He'll come up to me and Katie, like, if we're in the kitchen doing something or, you know, whatever, and he'll he'll just walk up and, like, kick it, kick it, can I, can I kick it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, like, let's put on Can I Kick It? And so I watched the trailer for the first time with him, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have watched, you know, the trailer with your kids, but, dude, he, I was like, Ronan, let's watch this new Ninja Turtles trailer, and he's like, oh, turtles, turtles, and we play it, and as soon as the bass line uh, from, from the Tribe song kicks in, which is uh, a sample of a Lou Reed song um, called Take a Walk on the Wild Side or Walk on the Wild Side, I can't remember. But anyways, it's like the, the bass line kicks in and Ronan immediately lights up, dude. Like eyes big, looks at me, he's like, kick it, kick it. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's <laughs> kick it. And then like the turtles show up and he's like, oh, Mikey Leo. And dude, I'm... I'm laughing at the trailer while also like trying not to get emotional because like I'm so hyped that he's so hyped about it. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And 
it was it was just a perfect experience for me like watching the trailer with him and and that it was that song like as he like kind of just recently discovered that song and likes it because like we play music for him all the time and he doesn't connect with every song um but but that he connected with that song and then it's in this turtle trailer that is something that like i'm connecting with it was a really really cool uh moment um, you're like finally so, this fatherhood thing's paying off I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> like ah yes almost two years deep and i'm finally starting to get some good moments <laughs> uh that is that is sarcasm ladies and gentlemen <laughs> until you and the other john did that quick little recap i actually i didn't know anything about that song like yeah i've heard it before but if it came out in 2005 i would have believed that like i had no idea it was from the 90s okay. and i actually didn't even know yep. who a tribe called quest was so that was cool to learn okay sweet man yeah that is um tribe tribe is is super super dope and very like influential in kind of 90s new york rap where like they kind of started to shift the sound them and de la soul and um like guys like farside and hieroglyphics who aren't aren't from new york but they kind of all fit into this new kind of um like rap thing that was happening at the time where it was like it wasn't gangster rap and it like wasn't like you know jiggy kind of like player like mafia rap like it was it was just like soulful kind of underground stuff, um, and and I I think that that type of rap especially fits like the vibe of Turtles, like the the kind of DIY roots of Turtles in the comics, and um, them being four brothers who are like young kids, and you know martial arts being like this kind of you know mastery of self, like it's not truly about violence, like there's there's some weird kind of like metaphorical connections you could make to like certain elements of rap with the Ninja Turtles, um, that I, that I think people have made before. Like, you know, we, we've all seen like, you know, bootleg shirts where like somebody mashes up turtles and Wu Tang clan or, you know, run the jewels, vinyl figures that, you know, have come out in the past, like rap, rap and turtles already have like a little bit of a relationship, um, you know, for, for guys of our age demographic. So don't forget vanilla ice, vanilla ice. Oh God. Drew, <laughs> Drew we're about to kick John out. He just ruined the moment. I, I didn't <laughs> say I liked it. John, I just said he was part of it. You? <laughs> Here I was talking about all this beautiful stuff about how music and Ninja Turtles friggin' Just Warms think about what that choice could have been had they dropped some Vanilla Ice track in that trailer. This conversation oh, would be a my lot different dude. right now. Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> I would, I would almost be boycotting this movie if Vanilla Ice played in the trailer. I'd be so bummed, dude. I think um, all of us would be. There was a time and place for that. I guess, and it happened. Let's not have it happen again. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish the there wasn't a time and place for it, yeah. Um, all right, so I know one thing, guys. I know what I don't want to hear on this Ninja Turtles soundtrack or in this Ninja Turtles movie, and that's, that's Vanilla Ice. Um, but I did recently see Seth Rogen in an interview or... I'm not not sure exactly where it was or where it came from, but somebody posted a thing where he said that he wanted the soundtrack to this movie to feel like 
the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater video game soundtracks used to feel, where you've got like different styles of music from different artists that kind of like, you know, encapsulate a lot of different uh, vibes and, you know, get a good mix of things going. And that got me really excited because maybe like you guys, I'm not sure, I played a ton of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater growing up and and actually like legitimately discovered a lot of music that way. Um, skate videos, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, basketball video games, like video games and skate videos were a, like a big gateway into a lot of different music for me. And so him him using that as a reference pointer or dropping that as a reference for his inspiration or the, the team's inspiration for the soundtrack got me really excited. Like, I, I hope it means we hear some more, you know, um, like underground rap stuff. I hope we hear, get to hear some like punk hardcore stuff. Uh, if there's a Beastie Boys song in this movie, guys, I will die. Like you, you'll literally just have to like, I'll, I'll need you guys to, tell Ronan the kind of man I was um because <laughs> was like I I'm I'm a diehard Beastie Boys fan and I'm a diehard Ninja Turtles fan and if those things uh get brought together in a beautiful way it's basically a wrap for me um but uh but with that being said like that's that's my that's my big one is like I I would love to hear a Beastie Boys song uh in this soundtrack it's like Hopefully not, if I really got my way and got to choose, it would be something not from their first album. Like, I don't want to hear Fight for Your Right to Party. I don't want to hear, like, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Like, I want to hear some of their, like, later stuff, some of their better stuff. But but any Beastie Boys will be good Beastie Boys in a, in a Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Like, what, what kind of stuff would you guys like to hear? Any Any specific, like, artist or a specific song? Funny enough, Zach, I'm with you on the Beastie Boys. Like, I I love them. One of my favorite artists of all time. But those two songs, I don't want to hear those in the movie. <laughs> Any <laughs> other song, like, I just, I don't know if they've been used too many times in different shows and movies throughout the years, but it's just, I feel like they're somehow still overplayed. And so yeah. I would love anything else. I also, even though I love, like, Intergalactic, I don't, I don't really want to see that one either. <laughs> but I would take anything else in there. I think that would be great. And I'm kind of with the punk stuff that you mentioned, like with Tony Hawk soundtrack, like there was a lot of good just punk tracks in that. And I would love to have something like that kind of weigh in and more than like early punk rather than like offspring sort of punk. Although I like that's okay by me too, but I just feel like it would be cool to have something in there that's like, even though it's not of the era when turtles were originally around, like maybe some sort of like Ramones clash, something like that would be cool. Oh man. Some clash in there would be sick. And similar to beastie boys, not like the tracks that are like, I don't want to hear blitz Creek bop from the Ramones or something, but like <laughs> something that's not his. Yeah. That's people know it, but it's not that not the number one right, song right, right. played on Spotify sort of thing. I feel you. I feel you. Drew, what are you thinking, man? I agree with you guys as far as like, I don't have a particular band or artist, but definitely I'd like to hear some more 90s uh, music. I mean, I think that just fits what I like about the Turtles the best, that kind of era. Even if, you know, what we're seeing isn't set in the 90s, I think that's just a, a fun throwback to the early days of what we loved as kids. 
And also if they do some more like working in some of the vibes from like the 87 tune, like they did at the beginning of the trailer um, that you already touched on. I love stuff like that, like change it up a little bit, but you know, it doesn't have to be throughout the whole movie, but a few key parts here or there. I just love stuff that harkens back to the early days of turtles. That's such a good yeah, point, man. Drew. Cause I feel like when I saw like the most recent power Rangers movie, whenever that came out, I sadly saw that in theaters and it was fine. It wasn't the worst movie, but it wasn't great. But the most exciting part of the entire movie was when they just sampled the original theme song, like the Go Go Power Rangers. And yeah. you could tell like everybody in the theater also was like the most hyped at that moment. And then it was over and that was it. So it's I I agree. Like I like when they lean into I mean, those theme songs are amazing, especially the Turtles one. It's like one of the best of all time. So Lean, I think yeah. like leaning into it is cool, even though I was kind of like hating on what they did with the piano in the beginning earlier. I, I do think like if that's used in the right way in the movie it could be really cool. Yeah, no, I need I need like the like theatrical score, like slow, thoughtful, like, you know, mellow version of the original theme song. And then like closing out the movie, I need like the punk hardcore, uh, like remix version of it. You know what I mean? I will buy that vinyl. We, we got it. We got a version of that for, for Shredder's Revenge. Like, give me, give me something with like a little more crunch to it. You know what I mean? And, oh man, I'm, I'm in there. Uh, so good. But yeah, freaking Beastie Boys for me, man. Like Beastie Boys are also from New York. Um, you know, punk bands like like H2O are from New York, or uh, like there's so many like legendary New York hardcore bands you could use that would would have like cool songs. Um, and then even there's even like some dancey like you know electro stuff that I that I feel like could work. Um, you know, just it's it's all about like the right moment in the movie and and the right artist. You know what I mean? Um, I, the, the only way I want to see, uh, or hear a vanilla ice song in this movie is if like somebody's playing it in a boom box and Raph throws a sigh into the <laughs> oh. boom box. <laughs> <laughs> that like, would be cool though. Bring, even, bring... even if they don't destroy the boom box, if somebody, or if like Bebop and Rocksteady are jamming out to it for just a split second, oh, that would be like a fun what if throwback. That's... Dude, what if it's like the joke is that like Bebop and Rocksteady have bad taste in music oh. and they're like running Vanilla Ice on the boombox? <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'm all in I, for that would, joke, guys. I'm all in. Yeah, I would love every second of that. Um, but I, so, I, I, hope right, this, so, I hope this movie also creates its own unique sounds. You know, I, I hope maybe there's a song that we can yeah. take away from it. So in the future, we're like, oh, man, that reminds me of Mutant Mayhem, you know? Totally. That's actually a good call too, man. Like I, I would love for there to be like, you know, give, give me the stuff that we already know and love, but also like, give me the new stuff that I'm going to love into the future. Give me, give me the new stuff that Ronan's going to love. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really good point, Drew. Like, and I think, um, to again, reference Spider-Verse and also like the first Black Panther movie, those soundtracks were so, so good. Um, because they, they, they treated them like albums, 
uh, and they got a bunch of people together to make, you know, new songs, and especially the Black Panther one. Like, the Black Panther was handled by um, Top Dog Entertainment, the label that Kendrick Lamar used to be on. And so they treated that Black Panther soundtrack like an album. Um, like, like it was one group of people kind of overseeing the album, and so everything kind of, like, flowed into and out of each other. Everything was, like, thematically on point. Spider-Verse a little less so, but it's still got some really, really great songs on there that are all new songs that like fit the vibe of Spider-Verse. And so that's that's a really, really good point, Drew. I'd, I'd love for there to be, you know, new stuff on there from contemporary rappers or contemporary bands, uh, contemporary, you know, singer songwriters that that uh, that like kind of put that, you know, modern stamp on the movie. So like, again, like we can... I know, I know you guys just as just as much as I. Like you get in your car to go to work and you pop your cassette in and you're listening to uh, <laughs> nine point nine five, like you know. But like Ronan, Ronan's not gonna like that song, or at least he's not gonna like it yet. Like he he needs his version, you know. So uh, good good point, Drew. I definitely need some newer stuff too. And uh, so so now that we have uh, we've talked about music. We've talked about the stuff that we that we liked visually. Um, now we can dig into the cast. We can dig into these voices. We can dig into these actors and actresses. This is maybe I don't know. Would you guys? I mean, once the once the trailer proper came out, that kind of took over the the buzz and the hype. But the night of the Kids Choice Awards, they released that snippet. But I think like the snippet got everybody hyped. But it was the casting, like they they put out the social media on the cast. They put out the social media there at the or excuse me, they put out the cast um, on social media, and then they showed the cast at the Kids Choice Awards. And it's a bunch of big names that have um, that it, that we know and love that we've seen in a bunch of places. And then there's some people who've kind of snuck in that are kind of you know up and comers or people who are a little off the wall. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about that. And, you know, the, the big obvious thing that everybody brings up is that the, the turtles are actually voiced by teenagers for the, for the first time in their, you know, almost 40 year history across multiple forms of, you know, media, the turtles are voiced by teenagers. And it feels like that shouldn't be a big deal, but it kind of is right. Um, so do you guys want to, you want to talk about the the four turtles first? You want to talk about the actors and actresses we do know, and then we can get into the people we don't know. Let's talk let's, turtles. Uh, let's tackle the turtles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, I uh, I did some digging through uh, IMDb last night in preparation, and was was pleasantly surprised to know that basically all these guys are new-ish to movies and TV show and voice work. Some of them so much so that they have five or less credits on IMDb. Um, so we'll, we'll start with Leo. Drew, we'll start with your favorite. The best. I mean, you have to start with the leader in blue. Right? And he, <laughs> he might be the most experienced guy. Uh, so his name is Nicholas Cantu. Uh, he's voicing Leo. He's done... He's done some live acting in TV shows. He's done a bunch of voice acting, and maybe most notably as Drew, or excuse me, as John called out earlier, 
he voiced Gumball from The Amazing World of Gumball. And I guess there was like a few different dudes who voiced him as as either the character got older or as certain guys, uh, certain voice actors age out of playing the role because they hit puberty and their voice changes so much. So Nicholas Cantu's done a handful of things. He he had way more than, than five credits in IMDb. Um, but the biggest thing would be uh, Gumball. And so that to me was kind of refreshing, like that he's known more for voice work than he is for acting work. Because uh, that's kind of a complaint I'll have later about some of the other casting is that they're not voice actors, they're just popular actors. Um, so it was cool to see that this guy is is mainly a voice actor. Uh, what did you guys think about Leo's voice in the trailer? I thought he did a good job. Um, I'll admit when I first saw like the Kids' Choice Awards and all four of them were up there and they were all talking, I was, I was kind of cringing. But then when I actually saw the trailer <laughs> and heard them doing you know actual voice work, I thought Leo did a great job. I, I and to me that's the hardest part, even more so than visually, was when you go from one tune to the next, or even one live action movie to the next. The voices for me are always the last thing that I get used to. So I, I have no complaint about Leo though. The little bit I've heard him, I thought he did a really good job. Cool, cool. John, what about you, Ben? I think John is muted currently. Oh, you're oh, right. Sorry, he is guys. Muted. I was talking to no one there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying to no one that I agree with you, Drew. I feel like Leo sounds like the leader and a leader in training. And I just think he seems to do a good job navigating that character. And I like that all of them are kind of unknowns. I just think it's cool that, to your point, what you were saying, that some of those other reveals of the the cast, they're all big names. I do like that the four turtles are relatively unknowns. So it does, I feel like since they're the core four, kind of does mix it up a little bit and weigh down those big names. Yeah. No, man, that is, uh, I guess to, to kind of touch on it now before we get too much further, the the one kind of worry I have about the casting is where where the turtles are these kids who don't have a ton of work to their name or I haven't seen them all over the place, it's going to be easy for me to just go in, watch the movie, and accept these voices as the turtles, right? Like, I don't have to hear their voice and then think like, oh, I know that guy from this, or oh, I know this guy from that. Like, it's like, when Raph speaks, it's just going to be Raph speaking. You know what I mean? I'm worried about some of the other roles, like... Ice Cube or Seth Rogen or John Cena um, or or Paul Rudd, where it's like I've seen these guys in so much stuff and they're they're so recognizable and they have you know voices that you know, like that if they're if they're not doing anything interesting with their voice, you know, in the voiceover work, then it's like every time Mondo's on screen, I'm just going to be hearing Paul Rudd. Every time Bebop's on screen, I'm just going to be hearing Seth Rogen. You know what I mean? Like, don't know if you guys remember this, but Johnny Knoxville was Leo in oh, the yeah. Michael Bay movies. In the first one, not the second one. Yeah, right? It was such a good change in the second one. It was. Um, but, but dude, that first movie, anytime Leo said anything, all I could hear was Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Like, 
and and not that he did like a bad job or anything. It just took me out of it every time he was speaking because he didn't do enough to not be Johnny Knoxville, you know? And so, so that worries me in something like this where like, okay, some of these people aren't voice actors. They're just actors that they, you know, it's Seth Rogen hitting up some of his homies, you know, to get, to get notable names so that people see these names and are like, Oh, I'll go see that. It's got this guy in it, you know? And I, I think that's a bigger issue in Hollywood in general right now is like, I wish voice actors got more voice acting roles. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you. Although I will say Jackie Chan, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> if it's just Jackie oh. Chan being Jackie Chan, um, he's one of my childhood favorites. I still love him. So, but I do fear like I might have a hard time separating Splinter from Jackie Chan. Right, 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 right. And and that's the thing, dude, is like I love Jackie Chan. I love Ice Cube. Like I love John Cena. I love Hannibal Burris. I feel like Hannibal Burris as as Genghis Frog is gonna be like maybe the maybe the easiest to disassociate. But uh anyways, let's let's jump back to the turtles and then we'll we'll talk about those guys uh here in a second. But um so next up, I've got Shaman Brown Jr. Uh, he's playing Mikey, and he's one of the guys who he literally has five credits or less on IMDb. And the one big credit that he has where he's got like a long time like recurring role, he was in a TV show called The Shy. Playing Mikey is his first voiceover role, according to IMDb. I feel like you only really get a good listen to Mikey when he's doing the like, Leo, what's wrong with Donnie? Is he bleeding? Like, and that's that's kind of the only, or, or no, I guess, sorry, we get the thing where he's holding the watermelon too and that part cracks me up where he's like, did we have to pick a fruit that's shaped like my head? <laughs> um, like that part, I, I think he's, I, I like this direction for Mikey. I do, obviously, like I want to hear more of him, but, I feel like I like the direction where it's like he's not he doesn't sound obviously the youngest. He doesn't sound dumb. He doesn't sound like they're not like overtly trying to make him like silly or goofy, you know what I mean? Like again, he just sounds like another kid. Like if anything, I think Donnie sounds the youngest. You're right on the Mikey. I feel just in terms of him not being as goofy. I feel like the last few versions of Turtles, Mikey has definitely been like a notch below the others for some reason. Like he just seems overly goofy and I've liked him in all those versions, but it is kind of cool to just have Mikey maybe be on the same level as the other guys with a little bit more comedic chops or something. For sure. Yeah. I don't need Mikey to be necessarily the quote unquote young brother, the little brother, the, you know, kind of dumb brother. And so I hope we get away from that a little bit in this one. Like he does kind of seem like maybe he is going to be like the smallest in stature and maybe the kind of quote unquote younger brother again. But um, voice wise, he doesn't have to be that way. And I didn't, I mean, I haven't heard enough of him to really have a final verdict, but I didn't really get that. The aspect that I don't really like about Mikey that's been being used lately where he's kind of dumb. And I didn't feel that yeah. with this one. So I'd like to see Mikey get a little bit more respect. Yeah. Thousand percent, man. Totally agree with that. And I guess I guess to maybe back up a little bit and preface all this, 
we are basing all this off of a minute and 30 second trailer. So yeah. again, there's, there's plenty of time for us to watch this movie and like totally hate one of these voices. Um, but just based on the trailer so far, like I I've liked everything I've heard. Next up, we've got Micah Abbey playing Donnie. According to his IMDb, he's also mostly uh, done some TV stuff like live acting in TV shows. Um, also had a really short list of credits. Looked like between his credits total, he's done about 25 episodes of TV shows. Um, it was like five or six shows. And he'd have like a couple here, a couple there. And then he had like 20 of one show. Um, but uh, voicing Donatello will also be his first voice acting work. And man, I I love that they they didn't immediately try to show us like with his voice like, they're not trying to make him sound like a nerd. Like he's not like, um, actually, guys, I don't think we should be throwing these ninja stars on the roof because Whoa. of the the possible trajectory. You Donatello, know what I'm saying? Is that you? <laughs> Confuse me for a moment there, Zach. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what can I say, dude? Um, but like, uh, like I said, a, like a couple seconds ago or a couple minutes ago, whatever. Like, Donnie sounds the youngest to me. Like he sounded the most youthful. Um, I think if you look at you know, the when, video too from Kids Choice Words, I think he actually is the shortest. He of is the, the of yeah the yeah brothers. He definitely does seem to be the actual youngest kid, and that was something. Maybe I should have paid more attention to that on IMDb, but I didn't really care too much. Like, um, he definitely does look to be the youngest, but I just loved like, you know, Mikey's like, did we have to pick this fruit shaped like my head? And he's like, dude, chill and. Oh man, he's gonna die! Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was I, I so funny, it. and it's 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 so funny because he sounds so innocent. Like he sounds like a young kid, and um, and then like the part where he you know gets the the size stuck in his leg, and he lets out that squeal, and his voice breaks. Like I thought that was such a fun little touch. Is like he starts out yelling, and then his voice cracks, and it becomes like more of a squeal, and it's like that's it's perfect, man. Like that's some teenager stuff. Like I, I don't know why it's like, I've, I've been a fan of Ninja Turtles for so long and it feels like, it feels like we're for the first time getting people that like are thinking about things like that. And it's like, this makes so much sense. Why didn't we do this before? But, uh, I'm liking, liking Donnie so far. What are you guys thinking? I thought he did a really good job that, um, really surprises me to hear that you know he's brand new to this. So, um, what little again, what little we've heard of Donnie, I'm excited for him. I thought it was a good choice. Yeah. I like the swap. I like him sounding a little bit younger, and instead of Mikey, like we were saying, I think it's interesting and something like you said we haven't seen before. It's different. It feels good. Yeah, and definitely, I just. That always drives me nuts because when I feel like when I was a kid and became a fan of Turtles, I never really associated Donatello. He was the smart one, but he wasn't like super sciencey. And it just seems like over the years it's gotten worse. Like he's just become such a scientist guy and he does all yeah. the like like you said, it's just a lot of scientific jar jargon every time he speaks. So it's nice to just get him being a normal character again and kind of rooted in the real world. Yeah. That's a good call, man. Good pull. Like it's 
like in an, in an effort to make him be the the nerd or the smart one it's like he's got to be inventing something or he's got to be working with chemicals or like making some new machine it's like why can't he just be smart? Yeah, can't he just be the why one that he... like scores perfect on his SATs and later maybe becomes <laughs> the the pop like the super smart right. popular guy? You know, like I I think it's fine for him to be like repairing cars or repairing cell phones, like you know stuff that he's looking up on the internet, and then he's got like an actual like he's got like a natural knack for it, you know. Yeah, like in the but OG like, movies, he's just repairing the car. He's just doing stuff on the computer. It's it's yeah. it's like stuff yeah. that's grounded, not making flying drones and having like an NES or SNES gamepad taped to his arm, like in those last movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, do do like I do like that he has a fanny pack. And that he like <laughs> appears to be the one like keeping keeping the the cell phone around. I hope they market that thing and sell it. Forget yeah, the, the figures. I want the fanny pack. <laughs> I'm a dad too, so uh, I, that comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys made a good point though, and that's something that I do love from those old turtles. Is the old turtles are more alike than they are different. I mean, yes, I do like that they're all different. And they all have strengths and weaknesses, but. I like the turtles to be more grounded to being closer to being the same with each one being slightly unique versus each one being very unique. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, why would they hang out as much if they were like that different too? I mean, yeah, they're brothers, but it's more believable if they all kind of come from the same shell. I don't know. Some, some sort of (laughs) pun thing wordplay there, but you know where I'm going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point, man. Like I think in in some iterations, like especially in TV shows, to to emphasize uh like the distinctions amongst them, it's like, oh, Donnie's always hanging out in his lab and Raph's always lifting weights and Leo's always in the dojo and it's like, I right, remember these guys are also brothers. Like I know they're going to, you know, go off and do their own thing every once in a while, but like where's where's the stuff of them just being like normal dudes and if like if Donnie's so smart that he feels like he can't hang out with his brothers, it's like that's it's not particularly a version of Donnie that I that I want to care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and saying like, hey, Leo's the leader. Well, that doesn't mean he's necessarily more skilled at being a ninja than Donatello. Yeah, totally. Um, so I save the save the best for last. Raphael is being voiced by a gentleman named Brady Noon. And this dude is, at least as far as the Turtles go, he's the guy with the most experience, most acting experience anyways. He, he's he been in the most stuff, and he's been in what I would consider the quote-unquote biggest stuff um, that, I, that I recognized things in his IMDb credits. He did... He did 30 episodes of Boardwalk Empire. Don't know if you guys remember that. It's like an HBO like mafia God, how young show. Was he at that point? <laughs> He's probably a kid, but he was. I'm shoot. Maybe he was even a baby. I guess so. Maybe he doesn't have that much acting experience. He was just laying around on set. <laughs> um, but uh, but but 30 episodes of Boardwalk Empire to his credits, and then um, as I mentioned to you guys before we were recording. Um, I know Brady Noon from Mighty Ducks Game Changers. 
Um, it's a show on Disney Plus that's like a continuation slash reboot of the Mighty Ducks franchise where uh, Coach Bombay was basically like, he'd kind of become disen, uh, disenchanted with hockey until this young dude comes in and like wants to play in this rec league and it's him and his mom kind of against the world and Bombay, like the, the ice around his heart melts and he helps this kid and his mom. And uh, the first season was was pretty fun, pretty funny. Like this dude, Brady Noon, like he's got good comedic chops. He's seems like a solid actor. And from what we heard of Raph in the in the trailer, I'm, I'm on board so far. Uh, really liked the uh, the bit with like the, you know, uh, can we, uh, so should we just go get pizza or, you know, like that was good. And then the thing at the end with the ooze, like, you know, he kind of leads that whole charge with like, actually, you know, we prefer to call it ooze. So I'm, I'm pretty, uh, so far so good for, for my favorite turtle. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what else, what else Brady has to offer the character, but I, uh, so far so good for me. So maybe a unpopular opinion, but I can't say that I disliked his voice. Like I thought he seemed like a talented voice actor, but I didn't like his voice with Raph. Like it just wasn't connecting for me. But I, like I said earlier, that's usually the hardest part for me. And so for the other three brothers to already like be cool with them, that's kind of, for me, that's kind of unusual. So really probably with just some time, uh, once I start associating that voice with the character, I'll be cool with it. But it was the one for me that yeah. didn't didn't feel like it fit fit the best. Okay, John, what about you? I that he seems good. Again, it was such a short or small sample size that it, when we see the totally. whole movie, probably get a better idea. But like the other three turtles, I feel like it seems like a great start and. I think a lot of it is too how they'll play off each other, which you touched on in like a lot of those moments where their reactions or what they're saying or how they're animated. I just think like that'll probably tell the whole tale once we see this whole movie. But for now, right, I think it's a great, right. it, se- it seems good. He also, I think he has the voice of based off Raph's design. It kind of connects for me. He's a little bulkier. He seems like he's got, a little bit of the hot the hot headedness, maybe not to the degree that we've seen in some other versions, but a little bit of a brute yeah. force. So his voice seems to like lend. He's itself. impulsive for sure. Yeah, so I think I think it'll turn out good. Thinking thinking about this casting is is funny because I started thinking like as I was doing this, I was thinking more about older movies and older shows and just how old some of the guys were that were voicing the teenage uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But even even the 1990 movie, my favorite version of Turtles, Raph is probably the most un-teenager sounding in that first movie. Um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't just, at least give him deep... that Brooklyn accent that they've done a few times. Right. In the 1990 movie, he's got the deepest voice and, you know, the whole like, Oh, thought I'd redecorate a couple throw pillows, a TV <laughs> news reporter. What do you think? And it's just like, man, kind of thinking back on it now, like, don't know if Raph sounds very teenagery at all. <laughs> and maybe that's why I'm struggling with him actually sounding teenagery because, you know, those yeah. original three movies are, are really what's embedded in my mind. 
Right, right. It's funny, though, because Raph became my favorite character through the original cartoon because Rob Paulson doing his voice had more of that light sarcasm rather than, like, the movies. He kind of came from that, like, darker sarcasm place. So mm-hmm. I always like Raph because of that. And I don't think that this Raph necessarily channels back to that, but his dark side seems a lot lighter than the previous versions again based off this very small sample size but for sure for sure um so then we can kind of we can kind of breeze through the rest of the cast because we know all of these people but there was two more uh two more casting choices i wanted to call out um as people i didn't recognize was the young woman voicing april her name is ao adebri she is she's a pretty accomplished um, actor and writer, but hasn't done, she hasn't done a ton of voiceover work. She has voiced a character in that show, Big Mouth. Don't know if you guys have watched that. I think I've seen a couple episodes. But she's also, like, she does live acting, uh, or, like, live action acting as well. And she was in a TV show called The Bear uh, that, like, everybody loved. I haven't watched it yet. Katie watched it without me like a jerk. But it it had, like, a lot of hype either last year or year before it's about this guy who like he's a he's a chef at some like hotshot restaurant and he quits and like goes back home and like helps run like some old family restaurant or something like that and and Ao Adebri is his uh, sous chef there at the at the family restaurant and uh, she got a lot of positive response for her role in that and then um, another woman who I did not recognize voicing Wingnut is Natasha. Uh, it's either Natasha or Natasia Dimitriou. Um, most of her, she's got she's got a pretty decent amount of work to her name. Uh, mostly TV, mostly live action and TV. Uh, her biggest role being her most recent stuff. She's in that show, What We Do in the Shadows, the uh, the vampire show. Yeah, I love that show, um, and she's great in it. So wh- I didn't know her by name, but okay. once like that connection was made for me, I got pumped because I was like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. Awesome. And she's she's voicing Wingnut, who is a bat character, so that's kind of a funny, funny little connection there. But so then, guys, we can the next the next handful of names, we will we will know all these names and we know what they're bringing to the table. We got Jackie Chan as Splinter. Uh, we've got Ice Cube as Superfly, we've got Seth Rogen as Bebop, we've got John Cena as Rocksteady, Paul Rudd as uh, Mondo Gecko, Post Malone as Ray Filet, Hannibal Burris as Genghis Khan, uh, Maya Rudolph, or Genghis Frog, excuse me, <laughs> uh, Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utram, Rose Byrne is playing Leatherhead, and Giancarlo Esposito is playing Baxter Stockman. So we, we touched on, on Jackie earlier, can I ask one question about Jackie? Do you think, sure. I mean, I'm hoping and praying that there's like an epic Jackie Chan-like action scene in this movie with Splinter. Just based off his casting, I'm hoping that somehow that, I'm putting it out into the universe because I want it to be there. <laughs> I, I know it is a CG and 2D animated film, but I hope Jackie Chan did all his own stunts. <laughs> At his age, I think that's what he needs now to keep doing them. <laughs> 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 um, I I hope we see Splinter 
go off, dude. I would love I would love for Splinter to have a, a rip in action scene, um, especially if they kind of like give it some Jackie Chan elements, yeah, you know, the, the prop from. work and the mm-hmm. humorous stuff. Like, yeah, show, give me give me a ton I'm of that. I'm hoping he has more of a young Splinter than a old Splinter doesn't do anything. That's definitely the type of Splinter I like because that's why I like the 2012 Splinter so much because he was very capable. Plus, he was funny. Yeah, use that tail. Yeah. Two two thousand twelve Splinter, probably probably my probably my top pick for for Splinter. Love the nineteen ninety Splinter. He he's nineteen ninety Splinter is like perfect example of like he's got that old martial arts master wisdom, and he's got like. The, the kind of elder statesman vibes. He's very fatherly, but like he's kind of old. You know what I mean? Right. Wouldn't work as good probably with this group of turtles. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like the if the turtles are younger, kind of kind of would like to see Splinter be a little bit younger. Right. So absolutely. No, that um, I I love twenty twelve Splinter, um. Really dig Jackie Chan. I think that's a solid choice. He uh, he voices uh, one of the characters, um, the monkey character in Kung Fu Panda. Sounds sounds fine in that. Sounds good in that. Like that's cool. Um, Ice Cube as Superfly. Like I don't know what you guys are thinking. Like Superfly just gonna be like a Baxter Stockman henchman. Gonna be like. Do you think that's? Is there any chance? Is there any possibility? I mean, I guess there's always some possibility, right? But do you guys think there's any way that, like, Giancarlo Esposito is voicing, like, human Baxter Stockman, and if he gets mutated into a fly, that Superfly is his mutant name, and then Ice Cube voices him? Or would would they just have Giancarlo Esposito do that, too? I think that's a real possibility. For some reason, I just assumed they were two different characters, but... But you are right. They could have just I'm, did a name change for the sake of not having right. Because in one of the versions of Turtles, don't they call him like Baxter when he's a fly? It's like fly something, not super fly. But I feel like they they kind of dis- differentiate it there. So maybe it's that sort of thing. In 2012, they call him Stockman that's Fly. It. Yeah, that's what occasionally. That's what I was of, yeah. And so that's that's the only reason I thought that Superfly might be Baxter, yeah. but I I wouldn't understand. It's a big voice change too. Like, it's a huge cube, voice change, especially is like so distinct. So that's what makes me feel like they are two separate characters. I think they're going to be two separate characters as well. But I I was like, man, we've got we've got a Baxter character. And a fly character, like that's a that's an interesting choice. Um, Since it, Seth Seth Rogen is Bebop. Oh, sorry, Drew. Do you no, have um, something to say? Just going on the Baxter versus, you know, whether he actually changes or not. I was kind of leaning towards being the same character, who's maybe mutated or whatever, just because it kind of I kind of get the feeling that Baxter's going to be have a big role in this movie, and since we have seen the leak figures, there was no Baxter figure. But we did get a Superfly figure, so that was the big reason I was thinking, leaning more towards the other. Interesting. That's a that's a good thought. Interesting thought. 
I, I wonder too, like after seeing, after seeing the turtles officially revealed and, and toy discussion is our, is our next, next level of discussion. If you guys still have time, but, um, the, the turtles have been revealed the the variations and stuff of the turtles have been revealed, but then the the unofficial images, the leaked images, showed us Rocksteady, Bebop, Superfly, Splinter, and uh, geez, who am I missing? Leatherhead. Leatherhead, thank you. Um, so I'm wondering, like, is that all Wave One? Like, are all those toys releasing up front, or is that maybe like Wave One, Wave Two? Uh, I'll be interested to see, like, is is there going to be more than one wave? Like, you know, the the only only experience that we've had with, like, movie turtles the last few go-rounds is, like, the Bay movie turtles, for the second movie at least, they did one round of the turtles in their actual clothes, and then they did the, they did that, like, second round of turtles where they were wearing, like, Halloween costumes. Right. And, like, that was it. But for the 2007 movie, we had a wave of turtles, and then we had a wave of like skateboarding, like sewer skating turtles or something like that. And then there was a wave of like turtles in costumes. Yeah, that went on and on. That one, they just kept. Yeah, going. the the 2007 one went went pretty deep. I want to say it had like it like at least a two or three year run. There's there's three or four waves of stuff. I think from that from that 2007 movie. So obviously we we can talk more about this in the in the toy discussion but like I'm I'm interested to see how much stuff we will see, like how hard is Playmates going with this movie. Um is this going to end up being a trilogy of movies where like Playmates will just keep this toy line running like you know in between the gaps of the movies and then like new stuff comes out with the movies There's a lot of lot of speculation it's still still early in the game for that but um but what are you guys uh, thinking about Seth Rogen and John Cena's Rocksteady and Bebop? This is John John Cena's second voice role uh, as a Ninja Turtle character now. I, I think John Cena has done a really good oh. job. Sorry, John. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I think John Cena and the few things I've heard him do, be an actual voice actor in, I think he's done a really good job. Like He has a dynamic voice. Um, he is instantly recognizable, but... Um, so far, when I've heard him, it hasn't taken away from the character. So I'm actually excited to see him voice one of my favorite baddies. Cool, man. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm not like the biggest John Cena fan just because I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. So it's kind of not a hit or a miss for me. I feel like he was fine as Baron Draxon, like you said, in the other Turtles voice that he's done. And he did a good job with that. But just because he just did that one i'm not as stoked to see or hear him in another one but that said i'm sure he'll do a great job because he does have charisma and he brings a lot of likability to the character so i think he'll bring some fun to rocksteady which we've all kind of grown to love and i actually think seth rogan's pretty good as bebop i feel like he could do a good job if he was going to do a character of any of that lineup that you went through, I think Bebop's the one to go. He just kind of, with his laugh and everything, it has a very Bebop kind of vibe to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that kind of, like, gruff, like, 
There's a little bit of gravel in his voice. He's a little, little bit of, little bit of stoner vibes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, like if, if they would have just put Seth Rogen's name up on the cast and not said that he was playing Bebop, Bebop probably would have been my first guess. Yeah. I think. Um, did you guys, did you guys see that people were, uh, pointing out that this is now the third time he's played a a warthog <laughs> in a movie? No, I didn't realize that. So he, I can't remember all three, but he voiced uh, Pumbaa in that uh, in that Lion King like CG slash live action remake, and now he's voicing Bebop. And I can't remember the third one, but he Bebop is now literally his third warthog slash like big pig role that he's voiced, <laughs> which is which is like a weird like. Like how's that your thing in Hollywood? Yeah. Like you've done these, you've played three pigs. It's such a funny thing. I'm sure not many people have that credit, <laughs> that trivia <laughs> right, fact about right. him. Um, so I did see somebody else also make a joke uh, in response to the the three three pig thing that they were like, no, he's actually played four pigs, and they had a picture of him in Superbad where he played the cop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so so good. Um, I th- I wish I could remember what that third one was, but yeah, no, I think I think Seth Rogen, like obviously being a producer and being attached, like I think he's the reason we see some of these other names in there, because um, he's done stuff with Rose Byrne before. Um, he was also in Kung Fu Panda with Jackie Chan. Um, he's he's obviously done stuff with Paul Rudd, but can I ask you guys a question about since you mentioned Rose oh, yeah. Byrne? Do you think because Rose Byrne and the woman from What We Do in the Shadows, they are playing like typically male characters. Do you think they'll do male voices or do you think those characters will become female? You know what, man? That is something I saw somebody talking about or actually somebody responded to me on Twitter um, because I posted something and they were like, uh, I posted something about April and, and all the people responding negatively to that. And this person responded to me and said like, oh yeah, I can't wait for all the same people to be mad about Leatherhead because Leatherhead's being voiced by a woman. Uh, and it, it seems like there might be a gender swap for the character. And I, I will say up front right here, right now, I do not care if Leatherhead is a, is a female alligator or crocodile. Um, but I also like think it would be fun to have Rose Byrne as a woman voicing a male Leatherhead. Like that's that's voice acting. Like how many of like our favorite shows growing up did a did a female character play uh, either a young man or a kid? You know what I mean? Like Rugrats is the first example that comes yeah, to my mind. Same like here. Tommy Tommy Pickles was voiced by a woman, um, and a, a, of course he's a baby character, so it doesn't really matter that much. But I. Uh, I think it'd be funny either way, man. Like either either a, a Leatherhead as a woman, I think is a pretty funny idea. Um, or having Rose Byrne, this like really pretty, really dainty woman, uh, voicing a big alligator. Like that's that's just comedic in and of itself. Yeah, I think it's like something. I don't know who gets that upset over those characters. It's they're core characters and they've been around since the beginning, but it's not like they were top they're not shredder and krang and stuff so i feel like if you did gender swap them i don't know it seems like that's not a big deal so i'm with you i feel like it could be funny either way and 
the people in those roles are have been in good comedy movies, so I feel like they'll bring some comedy chops to the table that would be cool. So I'm kind of excited. I kind of like not knowing what what they're gonna do. Yeah, that's something I've got to say about April's character is maybe visually that's not what I'm looking for in April, but I thought the voice work, what little there is was really good. So that alone got me kind of excited to see that character more. Yeah. No. And I was going to say to, to piggyback off of, of what you were saying, John, like, um, Oh geez, where was I going with this thought? I ruined it. That like, no, no, you're good. So many of the so many of the casting choices feel comedic, right? Like Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, Hannibal Burris, Maya Rudolph, even Rose Byrne. Like she's been in funny stuff. She's all, she's been in like crazy horror stuff, but she's also been in funny stuff. And so it feels like a lot of the auxiliary cast is like was cast with the idea of like humor in mind. But then I think it's so interesting then that Giancarlo Esposito is Baxter Stockman because that dude is only known for playing like the most serious, most sinister dudes. Yeah. Like <laughs> the the bad guy in Breaking Bad who's, whose name escapes me right now. Um, oh, Gus. Uh, right, Gus? God, what was that? What's his name? I'm shockingly not Anyways, a Breaking Bad fan. Um, regardless, like the character in Breaking Bad is just insane levels of sinister. He's just an evil, evil man. Um, and then in Mandalorian, he plays Moff Gideon, who is also an evil dude. Yeah. Um, so I think, like in an interesting way, like. Giancarlo Esposito is bringing a balance to the cast. Like everybody else is kind of like a little goofy, a little lighthearted, uh, mostly known for humor stuff. And then here's this dude who's only known for playing like the most dark, like evil characters. It it feels like it's going to really make Baxter kind of stand out as like the big bad. If that's, if that's what ends up happening, like if he is the main bad guy of the movie, it's going to feel that way because Esposito's voicing him, um, as opposed to Cynthia Utron being voiced by Maya Rudolph, where, like, I only know Maya Rudolph from Bridesmaids and SNL. Like, she's just funny to me, right? Or or Hannibal Burris, like, know him from stand-up comedy and the Eric Andre show and, you know, other comedy movies. Like, Hannibal Burris is a funny dude. Him playing Genghis Frog, like, feels like it's going to be to be funny, um, Paul Rudd playing Mondo Gecko like feels like that's supposed to be funny. Yeah, it's a great lineup, and I know they're not typically voice actors, but I feel like just a few years ago, if you had said all these people will be in a Turtles movie, you would just be like, "How big is this Turtles movie? This sounds huge." So I feel <laughs> right? like I totally get it, and I love the the ethic and just creativity and the difference a voice actor brings to roles like this. But I do think having all these people will bring in more Turtles fans. So I think it is exciting that we'll, we'll have them in there. Yeah. Um, so that's about it. Casting wise guys, do you guys have any, any final thoughts on, on the cast or anything that, that we maybe miss talking about? 
we didn't miss talking about it, but I think John Carlo is probably the one I'm most anxious to hear. Um, I I love him in the Mandalorian, so can't wait to see what he brings to a a Turtles movie. Yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a really good bad guy. So I I think he's gonna bring some some gravity to uh, to this movie. That so far, um, again, I I think. I think the trailer emphasized the the human or excuse me the humor and the and the cuteness and the and like a little bit of the action. I think the maybe I'm hoping at least the closer we get to the movie the more we'll see like okay there's some balance here there's some serious stuff and and Baxter is a serious bad guy. I was just going to say about the cast to round it out for the four turtles just being a part of Nickelodeon and the Kids' Choice Awards, those four teens were on the orange carpet. That's like the red carpet that Nickelodeon has before the event. And we uh-huh. captured some content for social media to like post it another time with them. And their dynamic together is just so refreshing to see because they're all relatively unknown and their credits are small. Like they're really excited about this and they're excited to be part of the turtles universe and do this movie and everything and just seeing them together it's really fun because even when the camera cuts they still have that vibe and i feel like that's all translating into the movie and it's just nice to know that they're bringing that enthusiasm to the project too like you know maybe if they were for adults that were well known when the cameras are off they would just be back to professional mode like doing their own thing but it's nice that we're getting kids that are excited. So I feel like in addition to them being the first teenagers to voice Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's also like they're bringing their excitement along with it that I think we're all going to feel. Very cool. That's good to know, man. I, that is exciting. Cause like I can imagine like, you know, if the three of us as, as big time Ninja Turtle fans, if we got cast in the Ninja Turtle movie, we'd be excited um, and, and we'd probably bring a certain type of energy to it because of our excitement, because of our love of the franchise. Um, but it's, it's cool to know that these, uh, young dudes who may or may not have that much of a, a fandom or, or connection with turtles are, are excited to be doing this and, and look like they're connecting on a human level to, to bring that, uh, behind the scenes to the characters. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, John. That's something I hadn't heard about yet because you know, not too many people has knowledge like that. So, I mean, that can only make the movie better, in my opinion, if those four bonded and truly enjoy being around each other. Like, I really think that could definitely show in their work. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, it was cool to see. It just, it made me feel good about it, you know. The trailer made me feel good about it, and then seeing that, I was like, this is going to work. I think this is going to work. Cool. That's awesome. No, that's dope. All right, so here's the part of the podcast where uh, all of the uh, collectors are going to be probably the most interested, the toy collectors at least. We're sneaking up on sneaking up on two hours of recording time here. So if you guys need to need to go at all, uh, give me give me some kind of signal and we can we can snap through things. But um, as long as you're paying by the hour, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> You got it, man. You got it. So for the toys, guys, 
be before the trailer came out, before the snippet of the trailer came out, we got leaked images of the what what we all assume to be the first wave of action figures. And then the snippet released, and then we got the trailer this past Monday, and after we got the trailer, Playmates was very quick to capitalize on the hype, and they released official images of the Turtles. And then shortly thereafter, there was a some kind of trade show or convention in New York called Playdate NYC, and at Playdate, Playmates had a turtle display with the four turtles figures that had been revealed, a a new party a new party wagon or pizza van or you know whatever you want to call it, a sewer lair playset, motorcycle riding turtles, talking turtles, and twelve inch turtles with the um, with with more to be revealed in the future. So let's start out by talking about just like the the turtle toys themselves since we officially know what those look like. We officially know when they're releasing. They're coming out June. Uh, they got a, an official street date of June 25th. Um, what are you uh, what are you guys thinking about these turtle toys? John, I'll let you go first, buddy. I'm getting them all. I'm all in. They looked great. I think <laughs> I mean I'm saying I'm all in for that first wave of like the basic figures isn't much at 10 bucks a pop. I feel like I can get them all for under a hundred dollars. So um, that's okay. I can spend a hundred bucks. I'm excited to, I don't know. I, my son's three years old. So just having the ability to buy cheap turtle toys again with him seems like a win-win. I love the collector's toys that we have or the ones that are just out now, but to have a $10 toy that, is what it is. It seems great. And I feel like they, they look like as best they can of the movie. I feel like it's a good translation and I'm excited for them. I don't think I'll get all the like talking ones and the motorcycles and all that, but those basic figures, maybe a couple of those 12 inch ones, but I think there's definitely a place in my sewer den collection for them. Yeah. Same here, John. I don't know if I'll get every single one. Um, the brothers and splinter, for sure. Like absolute must. Um, I really liked Superfly. Um, you know, I'll probably end up with Bebop and Rocksteady. So I mean really, yeah, I probably will end up with all of them. But like you said, at ten dollars a piece, um, as much as like collectors figures are, like you can't beat that. I mean, these have what look like really good paint apps. Um just you're not gonna find a better figure for only ten dollars than what these will probably be. And then, like, moving on to even, like, the accessories we're going to get, like, the lair, um, you know, like you mentioned, the motorcycles, uh, the party wagon or pizza wagon, whatever it is, pizza van. Um, those I'll probably have to wait and see. Um, but the sewer lair, like, it looks pretty awesome, too. I'm not going to lie. So it'll be hard to pass up any of this stuff, I think, in person. I've never gotten into the talking turtles, but again, the sculpts look pretty cool on those. Um, I've always disliked that they're always a different size than the regular line. So that usually kind of keeps me away, but uh, I'll also probably at least get Leonardo in the 12 inch versions, but the two we've seen look so good. I might get tempted into all four of those as well. So 
What about you, Zach? Yeah, this crew here is happy. We booked, they showed Leo and Raph, so that covers all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much right there with you guys, man. Like, first and foremost, it's going to be so nice to walk into a Walmart or Target and see a Ninja Turtle section again. Like, it's been so long. And to to see that they they've got at least nine figures uh, ready to go or or seemingly ready to go, and that they all look like pretty good likenesses to the movie versions. I feel like I feel like you know the first wave is usually pretty tough with playmates. Like they almost always almost always have uh, trouble making the first wave look like how the how the actual media looks uh and i know that's because they're working off like concept art and and early production art and stuff but i am pleasantly surprised with how good the turtles look uh right right out front and uh like you guys both touched on the 12 inch turtles look so good like i'm i'm already like brainstorming this this shelf for Ronan's room that has like like just a just a shelf big enough for the four 12 inch turtles where they just kind of like stand there and look cool and you know kind of oversee Ronan's room do you guys open the 12 inch ones I know this is a weird question but I have the ones from 2012 like I got all those 12 inch ones or 11 inch whatever they are and I've never opened them and they kind of have that same packaging for the mutant mayhem one where they just kind of sit right in top of like an open box style. What do you guys do? Yeah. Um, so I don't, I've never owned one of the 12 oh, inch ones. Here, so I, I so don't you, know what I would do to get these. I, I kind of have to, I am like you, like you touched on John, uh, as a, we're, we're all fathers. Um, Ronan will be two years old, uh, by the time this movie comes out. Uh, he's already excited about it. He's already got some hand-me-down turtle toys from me. So I am, I'm incredibly excited to, to be able to hunt toys down with him. And I'm sure like if, if he ends up, you know, liking the toys and playing with the toys and liking the movie, like I feel like we'll have one of everybody for him to play with, you know, good guys and bad guys. But I'm I'm for sure going to buy a set of turtles and a splinter to like stash for myself or or to to stash that will eventually be for him, you know what I mean? Like I at times have told you guys like, you know, that I'm jealous that you still have, you know, turtles from your childhood and you know, we joke about wishing our parents had the foresight to like buy us the first wave of 87 turtles and, and like keep them on card forever. But, um, but now that, that we're the type of parents and collectors that we are, like we have that foresight and like, you know, maybe, maybe one day, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, Ronan won't give, you know, will not care at all. Uh, and in that case, and okay, cool. Just sell them. But if he does care, then it's like, Hey man, we, we took the time and energy to make sure that you, you know, had doubles of a couple of these, so you'd have some fresh on the card to collect as an adult. And, you know, it was something that you and I did together and something that we shared and something from my childhood that eventually became part of your childhood. Like, definitely 
definitely looking forward to that aspect, but um, less less specific than that. Just really surprised at how good everything looks. Um, don't know if we'll go all in on like the sewer layer playset and the van and the motorcycles. Like might might be kind of tough because he likes you know he's into trash trucks and he's into motorcycles. He calls motorcycles momos, so I'm <laughs> sure we'll like we'll be at the store and I'm sure he's going to be like, you know, Oh, Leo Momo, Mikey Momo, like already kind of looking forward to that. But like, I, I don't want to buy a, a $25 Ninja Turtle motorcycle, you You're know, doomed, I mean? man, better start saving those pennies, pinching those pennies. I'm don't saying, man, I'm saying stores. Don't let him see that. Yeah, right. Right. Just going to have to like, I'll have to go to the aisle first and hide all the stuff I don't want him to see and then bring him through the aisle and like, oh, look what we found, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great move. Some other toy collector will see you and be like, yo, that guy's hiding toys so you can buy them later so nobody else gets them. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. You say you're not all in until baby Roden wants something and then you're going to be like, all right, just this once. Yeah. Every time you go to the store, just this once. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be hard for me to tell that guy no, but uh, hopefully I'll I'll get some practice in between now and then. But yeah, man, I think I think like the only thing, the only thing I even slightly have a little bit of a gripe about is that maybe they use the same legs for all the turtles, so the turtles appear to all be the same height toy wise. Um, you guys know me, like you know I like being able to like see the the difference in the turtles like the 2012 toys were so good about that like showcasing that like donnie was taller and mikey was the shortest and raf was the bulkiest but as far as as far as toys go like for 10 bucks like the accessories in these playmates ones you know are kind of kind of standard like they're not not breaking the mold at all but like painted painted weapons for these guys like Raph's size have brown handles and then, you know, silver metal parts and Mikey's nunchucks have brown handles with like the black chain and, you know, same for Leo, like uh, Donnie, Donnie and Mikey's like weapon trees are brown, but Raph and Raph and Leo's are silver. Donnie's got his glasses. He's got fanny pack. He's got headphones. uh, And those glasses are removable. I saw a guy, saw a guy post a video on Instagram uh, the glasses on Donnie are removable. Um, you know, like the the paint apps on the eyes, like they've got pupils, they've got outlines around the eyes, they've got outlines around their mouths, um, the metal metal parts on their belt buckles. Raph's got a painted pouch on his belt buckle. Now, of course, these are these are like promos or samples, so there there is the slight chance that you know playmates cuts a bunch of corners for the actual production run of these and they might not look like this all said and done um but these these appear to be like on the standard card that's going to be out there and in the standard packaging so i'm i'm really hoping that this is the version of the turtles that we're going to get i think the the only toy i don't like so far is rocksteady and it's really just because of the design of the character, like him having like that big head that kind of like sits on his belly, like looks very, looks very, very accurate to the, to the movie design. It's just not a very, just not a very toy friendly design. Uh, but maybe you guys think differently. I think Bebop looks rad. 
I think Leatherhead looks rad. Splinter looks rad. Interested to see, like, since we know his toy form, like, I'm interested to see him look like this in the movie. Um, and then Superfly, like, he looks big, he looks creepy, he looks strong. A little worried about uh, his standing ability, though. I don't know if you guys paid <laughs> yes, too much attention. Me like, too. He's got some little baby yeah. legs, and then he's got, like, this big old head and this big old Probably arm. been dealing with since the 80s. <laughs> That these toys can't yeah, change. right. Like it's still happening. Like they just can't. Like they try to do these bug legs on 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 these fly guys, and it just like never works out the way you want it to. Um, but no, man. Like Leatherhead looks pretty cool. Splinter looks pretty cool. I was just gonna say the Rocksteady one. It kind of gives me vibes of that original Shredder toy, like how they gotta hunch him down to yes. in the packaging. Like, it seems like the same yeah. style of that. Like, they had to hunch them a little bit or something. Totally. I like that each turtle comes with a uh, baby turtle. Yeah, that was. I thought that was fun, too. Um, and that the, the color of their baby turtle matches the color of the turtle itself. So, like, it doesn't look like there's a ton of difference between Donnie and Leo and Raph. But, but there is. Like, there's some slight variation there. And their baby turtles reflect that. And then, like, it's most obvious on on Mikey's baby turtle. Like, it's a, you know, it's the same shade of green that he is. Um, I I think these are going to be popular, guys. I think guys are going to like these. I think, you know, collectors our age are going to like them. I think kids are going to like them. They, they look good. And the joints and stuff look good. Um, like, they, they look like they're sculpted to actually be played with. Like, I know a big thing for us and a bunch of other people is, like, opening up the rise turtles and like Leo's legs didn't like work the right way. Like you couldn't like his knees were so weird that he had to like stand funny. The 12 inch one is like that. It's like the knees bend in the opposite direction of the way that a knee bends in real life. It's, it was really weird. Yeah. Drew, I'm excited for those baby turtles too. I don't know why, but I feel like that's a huge selling point. It's just those, getting a little freebie cute little turtle in there yeah i don't know what it is it's like i'm not really gonna do anything with them other than put them on a shelf but i just love seeing them in the package for 10 bucks like that's just such a good deal yeah man it uh it's it's kind of like what we've talked about before like playmates just charge us like one more dollar and put some more paint on these guys (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, Donnie, like, dude, Donnie's loaded up. Like, he's got a bow staff, he's got glasses, he's got his fanny pack, he's got headphones, he's got a baby turtle. Like, he's, he's kind of, he's kitted as far as accessories go. Um. Yeah, they look good. And then, what's everybody else working with? Bebop's got, like, a big old gun. Um. Superfly's got a gun. Looks like they're running the same, like, cane sword uh, or walking stick sword gimmick with with Splinter, um, but his his weapon tree is is kitted. Um, uh, Leatherhead's got like the fishing pole and the shotgun and the bear trap. So you know, again, like Playmates kind of up to some of their old tricks, but they they look modernized. You know, they look freshened up a bit. John, have you ever have you had any of these mutant mayhem figures in hand? Like, can you? further tell us how they actually are 
I haven't seen them out of the box, but I've seen them in the packaging and they look like what we're seeing online and on social. I Again, I don't know if those are small samples or if that's just what's going to go mass market, but they look exactly like the things that everybody's seeing out there. So cool. when I saw them the first time, I, I, it was super promising. I just thought that, that this is the painted weapons, especially are just so cool. Like I kind of have, I think like the nostalgia of the originals being a solid co- color has kind of lasted too long. And the 2003 series, when they flipped that and they gave them painted weapons, I loved it. And then they kind of went back to the single colored weapons the last few years. So I really like that they're painted again. I feel like they look great and are cool. So yeah, high hopes. What did you guys think about the the pictures of the sewer layer? Um, the parts that say like top secret, confidential and stuff, is that is that just blocking something that will be on the actual production toy? Like covering up some spoilers? Uh, John, if you don't have any thoughts, I did. I saw a video of a guy at that playdate thing, and it's exactly that, Drew. He said that the stuff on the background is like spoiler material, so they had to they had to cover it up. Okay. It's he said it's um, according to the guy he talked to at the Playmates booth. It's um, it's it's spoilers regarding other mutants. Okay. Ooh. Good to know. I was just kind of confused by that. I wasn't sure if they were covering up something or if that was literally on the playset. So that makes more sense. Yeah, totally. Um, no, a bunch of that stuff looks good, man. The sewer layer looks rad with like the weapons rack on the wall and the punching bag and the porta potty and like the, the two layers of it. That porta potty. Um, I love that. That's really, really dope. The only problem with that thing is I don't have room for it. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yes. The problem with everything, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. It does look good, though. I feel like for a kid especially, there's just so much to do on it that it seems awesome. I like that it's not as big as the 2012 version, too. Like, it's not as spread out. I still have my 2012 one in the box. I never opened it. It it seems like a pretty manageable size. Like I don't know if you guys remember, but the Rise one was like almost fifty inches tall. It was yeah, huge. Yeah, like it was like they were going bigger and, and bigger every time. And I was just like, I don't know. I think anyone's asking for this, <laughs> right? And I from a from a space standpoint, like I was like, what am I gonna do with this? But from a again, I think I told you guys this in a text message, like I really liked the design of the Rise one because it almost felt like a stadium. Like there was tiers and it kind of like almost arched a little bit so you could, felt like you could fit like 50 figures on it if you wanted to. Um, But this one definitely seems much more reasonable. Like I think they said it's 24 inches tall. Um, They said like one side of it has a thing kind of, built off the side where you can like park the park the van next to it and it looks like you know like the van is supposed to be there oh cool so i wish we could see i would love to see it in person too i did see the figures but i didn't see any of that other stuff zach for all your listeners what um what video did you watch um 
that told a little bit more about so this stuff. So that um that guy Praternia um on Instagram, he is praternia.com, P R E T E R N I A D O T C O M, praternia.com. Uh he also has a YouTube channel and on his YouTube channel he posted a video uh there at the Playmates booth and he's um He's looking at stuff. He's interacting with some of the stuff. Like he showcases one of the talking turtles and he shows some of the action features on the party van and on the motorcycles. Um, he uh, inter- interacts with, with some of that stuff and, and kind of shows it off uh, and has, has some details about it. So it was pretty cool. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys do you guys have a favorite so far? Like besides your favorite turtle, like is one of the one of the other mutants speaking to you more so than one of the others? I think for me it's kind of that superfly. Um apart from the turtles. I just really just kind of a you know, I'm assuming a new character, just a unique take on it. I like it. Yeah. Cool, cool. John. I, I'm with Drew too. I like Superfly. I feel like he's got this is a weird reference, but do you know that fly bug thing in Toy Story 3? It's like in the daycare, I think, when they go there. I don't know. My son was watching it recently. That's the, that's the only Toy Story oh, I haven't seen. We'll I haven't seen it reference that one. But there's this like bug <laughs> toy in there that's got vibes of the Superfly character. And I just always thought that that character in Toy Story looked cool. And this looks like a TMNT version of it. So... I like him. I like the the big claw that he's got, and I, I hope like I hope it's a new character, just because I feel like it would be to me. It's cool if they make one of the villains a a new character. I know it's still a fly, but if it's like an entirely new character, it's kind of a cool idea. Um, I weirdly liked Leatherhead too. I don't know, just because I feel like it's so not the Leatherhead that we've been getting the last few years or versions or whatever. So I feel like I just kind of dig the vibe and if the voice plays into it well, the the voice acting, it could be really it could be like a fun highlight character. And another one for yeah, me. Always is, always cool to see something. Uh go ahead, man. Oh sorry, Drew. No, I was gonna say another one for uh, me just, was just on this. <laughs> 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 okay, for real. You okay. go. I was just going to say another one for me was again, just those 12 inch figures. I just, they look really close to being screen accurate, even more so than the smaller ones. And they both look awesome. So. Uh, I'm muted right now, guys, because I'm having a uh, guest appearance from, from Ronan. You say hi, Bubba. Let's hear you say Momo. To, to you, it doesn't look like we're talking about anybody. We're talking to anybody. <laughs> yeah, Drew, I'm looking at those 12-inch ones again, and I, the Leo is especially looks great. That head sculpt is, is fire, man. I love it. It just looks like such classic Ninja Turtle goodness. It does. Bebop. Oh, we heard Bebop. <laughs> Bebop. Bebop. Is that Bebop? Who else? Who else is up there? Who's that? Monkey. Uh-huh, who's that? Leo. Yeah, Leo. Okay, you want down? Table. Oh, you want to put it on the table? 
You want down? No. Okay, you're going to sit here with Papa? All right, guys. Well, let's uh now that I've now that I've got the uh special guest uh appearance from Ronan wrapped up. <laughs> let's um let's uh let's wrap this show up. Let's um do we have any final thoughts? Anything that you guys are thinking about that we missed? Anything any hopes you guys have like John, we've we've kind of traded some texts about Comic-Con and um you know, hoping that stuff happens but not knowing if stuff's going to happen. Um you know, it feels feels like Comic-Con is usually a must-hit uh, marketing event, um, but uh, just don't don't know what their plans are, don't know, like haven't heard anything yet, um, which I haven't heard much about Comic-Con in general yet, but um, I, would, I would love to see some Comic-Con stuff happen for Mutant Mayhem. I'd love to see, um, you know, premiere screenings happening in like New York and L.A. and yeah, seeing some cool, cool teaser posters out there and stuff yeah, like that. I want to see this thing in the real world more. Like, uh, I didn't even think about poster art, but yeah, I would love to see that in movie theaters or around town. I hope those big events happen, like comic cons and things in between. Uh, I, I wanna, I would do anything to go to a premiere and meet Jackie Chan. I think I said that to you over text. I was like, this is my moment. Is this? This is where yeah. all my things could combine into one. So um, I'm hoping yeah, for that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hope that works out for you as well. If you need a plus one for a premiere, I, I will fly oh, anywhere. Yeah, I got you guys. Uh, it's it's got to be a plus three because it's always, there's got to be a foursome for, you know, like the turtles, so. <laughs> well, I mean, baby Ronan's got to go, so, uh, you know, he can meet Mikey, so. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, I'm I'm already concocting schemes over here. We're we're gonna go to the drive-in with him, so it's like, don't don't have to be in a big auditorium and. Spider-Man. What? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's <laughs> over there. Yeah, I I like, I keep going through things. I'm like, should I do a. a should I go one time with just the family? Should I do another one with any friends? Should I do a solo one? Like, I'm sure I'll see it a few times. Mama and Papa. Yeah, Bubba, that's Mama and Papa. Yeah, we will we'll definitely have a screening with Ronan. I will probably have a screening sans Ronan. <laughs> um, we'll, I mean, shoot, maybe if he, if he sits through it okay in the drive-in, like maybe we'll actually go see it in a... Go see it in a theater. That's how I feel. I'm like, I want to see this, but if I bring the little guy, you better not screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) Just load him with all the sugar and popcorn and be like, here you go. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good thought if you have a drive-in to go take him there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's... Yeah, there's two drive-ins out here. Not... Obviously, don't know a hundred percent that they'll get the movie, but they usually get like you know new big stuff coming out. And I just figured I talked to Katie about it, and I was like, this this would be an easy way to like take him to his first movie, but not have to worry about him being in a movie theater. And so I am really really liking that idea. We just have a we just have a five month wait, guys. But uh. If you if you guys don't have anything else, 
Oh, yep, beasties. I yes, got sir. one more, uh, one more thing, uh, one more question. Oh, lay it on. Just us, because tr- the teaser trailer didn't show it, the toys, both official and leaked, haven't shown it. Do you think Shredder's in this movie or no dice? I'm gonna lean towards yes, and there's only one reason why I think that. In one of those uh, Yahoo exclusives, it mentioned. Um, the turtle van, the new one, the one that shoots pizzas, how you can mow down foot soldiers with it. And I thought, hmm, either that's just someone saying that because they know turtles. But I was thinking, if there is foot soldiers in this movie, then there probably is Shredder. So I'm going to say yes, only based on that, which isn't much. I am like 80-20 that there's not going to be Shredder in any like meaningful beastie. way. Yeah, baby, those are beastie boys. Yep. Um I I think like we mentioned earlier, I think Baxter's going to be the big bad guy and he's going to be the one like unleashing all these mutants. Like he's going to be the cause of the mutant mayhem, right? But if you guys read the uh like the synopsis for the movie that came out or like was shown somewhere, it mentions the turtles kind of like coming into their own as they battle like a secret organization. And so is that secret organization like stock tech or, or whatever stockman's like sketchy company is usually called stock gen or whatever. Uh, or is that secret organization, the foot clan and Baxter Stockman, Baxter Stockman is a like, you know, is in the employ of the foot clan. I think it would be cool if they use this movie to highlight Stockman as a bad guy and then build us up to the shredder. Like if it's going to get a, if we're going to get a second movie or a third movie, um, you know, which is usually the case nowadays in Hollywood. Um, I, I wouldn't be bummed at all if they saved shredder for the second movie. I like that. I, I feel like that's a cool move. Build up to something. I feel like that's what rise was trying to do but I feel like it could be a little bit more powerful in a cinematic movie form. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I think um to your to your point John that like we all know and love Shredder as the big bad guy. Why not like build up to him and really emphasize like he is the bad guy. Like he's he's lurking in the shadows. He's out there pulling the strings like he's the real threat. Um, and, and I, I think there's like a, a cool way to do that is to, is to save him and really emphasize like how, how big and powerful he is by sending other villains out to, to take down the turtles before he has to get involved. I think that's a good idea. I mean like the 20, the 2012 show did that a little bit, right? Like we knew Shredder was involved after like this first or second episode, but then he didn't actually fight the turtles until like the 10th episode or the 11th episode. Like he kept on sending out like the purple dragons and then, you know, henchmen and, and, and didn't get involved until he actually felt like, okay, I need to get involved. And so I think you could do like a similar thing in the movie where it's like, this is, this is Baxter in the mutants movie. And then the next movie is the, is the foot clan movie, the ninja movie. Yeah, that's cool. 
I like an idea. I like an, the idea of this movie being all around mutants too, and just like taking a different sort of approach. If it does go that way, I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because, I mean, you know the Turtles are going to be successful and come out on top um, if Shredder is the main baddie. I mean, they're going to beat him in the first movie, but if he's a little bit more hands-off, we can kind of let that develop. It could make a second movie even more meaningful, for sure. Yeah. Totally. And how many times have we seen Shredder get beat in the first right. movie? At least twice. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, man. Well, hey, I uh, uh oh, I um, I appreciate you guys taking the time. We are sneaking up on. We're we're now well into the two hour mark. Two hours and twenty five minutes. So Oof, longer than the movie is probably gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell your uh, tell your families that I appreciate them uh, for letting me borrow you guys and uh, for taking up so much of your time. Thank you guys for hanging out and uh, chatting turtles with me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we're literally my my laptop has five percent battery. We are we've we've put in work this morning. So uh, really appreciate you guys. Always love chatting turtles. Um, do you guys want to let people know where to find you on social media? John, you want to start us sure, off? Sure. You can follow me at the Sewer Den. That's my Instagram and Twitter. Um, I also work on the TMNT handle, so that's where the majority of my time is these days. Also, SpongeBob Garfield as well. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see my handle and you're like, they're not impressive at all, you know why. You can look at those other ones. <laughs> you just go see SpongeBob. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you can find me on IG at TMNT Druizzle. And I just wanted to say thanks again, Zach, for having both me and John. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a long time coming, guys. Of course, man. Yeah, it's it's therapeutic hearing your voices. Very angelic, too. Oh, absolutely. Again, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for talking. Love the insight. Love the feedback. Love the conversation. Uh, thanks for listening to Little Man uh, yell Bebop. a bunch of names at us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bebop. Mikey. Where's Bebop? Mikey. <laughs> he's he's silently he's pointing like, to them now. We've reached there. We yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Bro, can you say can you say cowabunga? Okay, you don't have to hit the microphone. That's that's what he does when I'm requesting something he doesn't want to do. Gives me a little gentle love tap. And he's like, can nah, I man, kick it? It's not for me. Can I kick it? You want to listen to Kick It? No? No? <laughs> okay, we won't listen to Kick It. Come here, my love. All right, guys. Well, thank you again uh, for, for joining the show. And listeners, thank you for listening to the show. If you stuck around for all two hours and 30 minutes of this, we appreciate you. As always, I'm Zach Norris, the host of Booyaka Show, a TMNT podcast. We will catch you guys on the next episode. Drew and John, I will probably catch you in the next day or so when we text each other. Um, but for everybody else out there, take care, stay safe, be good to each other, and Kawabunga. Kawabunga!
talking? Yeah! 